Trump's got a big lead in the Republican primary, but the more important question is, who is best to take on Biden? 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett in for Casey today. So a new poll out, and look, we say this all the time, Tony. The polling right now is for entertainment purposes only. Yep. That is what we do here is we entertain you, and people cannot get enough of the Trump-DeSantis stuff. So leading with it at the top of the hour, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Quinnipiac, new poll out, says Trump 47% of support amongst likely uh, Republican, is it likely or just Republican voters? Doesn't matter. Anyway, 47%. DeSantis at 33. So that's pretty accurate if you take kind of the average of where this is. Most of these polls, the legitimate ones rather than the outliers, are somewhere with Trump with a 10 to 15 percentage point lead. I think that's probably pretty accurate on DeSantis right now. Uh, Yeah, I mean, DeSantis has not declared himself for the presidency. So, again, once DeSantis declares that he's running for president, those polls will shift wildly because right now a lot of people are going, well, why would I say that would vote for DeSantis? He hasn't declared that he's running. And they just don't know anything about him yet. He hasn't hasn't told his life story. He hasn't said why he's running. He hasn't given any of his policy proposals or prescriptions. Trump has given a lot of those. And some things like his foreign policy proposals and his de-corruption proposals are very popular because they're very good. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. People know I'm a big golf fan, and you will see this oftentimes in golf tournaments where a guy will come out early and let's say he shoots five under par, and people go, Well, that guy's in the lead. Look, he's got a five shot lead. And then you say, Yeah, but the best players, the rest of them haven't even teed off yet, but he has a five shot lead. Yeah, but five under is probably not going to be leading by the end of the day, but he has a five shot lead. Right. And then by the end of the day, it's eight under, nine under is leading, is leading the tournament. That's sort of how I view the Trump DeSantis thing. Everything with Trump is baked in. Everything you know about Trump, everything right now, DeSantis is an unknown. He could be a terrible campaigner. The reality of Ron DeSantis is when it comes to a national campaign, he could be an awful campaigner and Trump could win 60% of the vote and have it running away. Or DeSantis could be a great national campaigner and within a week we're tied. Nobody knows right now. That's true. And also there there are a lot of other factors that simply haven't been brought in that are very necessary to take into account. Not only like how does he speak in public and how does he campaign, what issue is at the forefront of him running? for the entire country because a lot of people assume right now that he's just going to run on make America Florida but he's never said that he's never issued any kind of political prescriptions for other states except for criticizing the acts of Democrat governors and legislatures in other states and also what the feds are doing to Florida so to assume that they know how DeSantis is going to run his campaign is a very weird thing to put in a poll next to we already know how Trump has run several campaigns and not just for him but also those that have run for legislatures and uh, the the U.S. Congress in, right. in the last couple of races. Because let's face it, the guy has a hundred million dollars at his disposal. To him being the guy being DeSantis, so you would have to be just a total naive, only Trumper Homer to say that even anything remotely decent in a kickoff, he's not going to pull four percentage points from. Trump. I mean, that's being conservative. That's saying, hey, it's just kind of a routine rollout and he does a pretty good job, but he doesn't move the needle. Okay, well, now that makes it 43-37. That's a much, I mean, that, that's just the reality of what's going to happen is he's going to have $100 million to expose himself to the world. And if he does anything decent, he's going to pick up a whole bunch of people. Again, and this has been said, this was actually said right at the end of the 2022 midterm. Whoever joins this race last as a big hitter is going to have the Sl- advantage. Slope it softball. Yeah. It really is a case where Trump really should have waited as long as he could 
And then he comes in and says, you know what? All these candidates suck. They're terrible. I'm running for office. Instead, he came up first. And now Trump is not only fighting the fact that everything's already baked and nothing is new. Not only is he fighting also being Trump, which is every once in a while he's going to say something crazy. But also he, he's joined and there's there's just nothing coming out that's actually effectively combating any of the other candidates. There's an old saying, how can I miss you if you won't go away? And right. uh, it's WrestleMania week, Tony. Did you know it's WrestleMania week? No, WrestleMania I did. Well, Kyle's, Kyle's nowhere nearby to tell me that anymore. Well, someone so. of your intellectual superiority probably has never actually watched a wrestling match, much less a WrestleMania. Mania. Um, but the master of what I'm talking about here, and people laugh, but it's true, is Hulk Hogan later in his life was the master of shooting in because everybody misses Hulk and it reminds you of your childhood and, oh, it's great to see Hulk. And then you see him wrestle a match and you go, wow, he looks really old and feeble in the ring. I really don't want to see that again. And he'd cash his check and he'd go away for six months and you'd go, wow, I really miss real American and seeing Hulk tear his shirt. The McRib. Say, yeah, say, what you going to do, brother? And he made a gajillion dollars in his 50s and 60s of being the guy who would parachute in, what you going to do, uh, leg drop, big boot, we're out of here. And then you did Trump. What I'm saying about all this is Trump never disappeared. Right. He never went away. And it would have been so perfect for you to go, look at this country right now. Look at what's happening. Wow. Remember Trump when we had Trump? Remember what that was like? And then actually have everyone start to think really hard because he's not out and not doing all the stuff. Yep. And we thought for a split second that's what we were going to get when Biden took office. Instead, no, it's been the entire it's been just Trump in front of the microphone on Truth Social, constantly talking the entire time. And it is not good for his campaign. Right. And also, I, I'm I've made this point before. The longer that DeSantis stays out of the race, the more chance he has to look like the George Washington candidate, yep. where people come up and beg him to run. Please, we need someone good to run. You're good on all these issues. You, you know your stuff, but you're also willing to punch the media. And it, it really would be a case where that would be very effective for him. Yeah. So what's interesting here in the same Quinnipiac poll that shows Trump with the big lead on DeSantis, when they match him up against Biden, and again, we're just playing for fun right now. I don't think anybody, we're not telling you this is an end all be all. We remind you polls or snapshots of a moment in time is that Trump trails Biden right now 48-46 DeSantis on the other hand leads Biden by the same margin um 48 46 and it is the argument that i continue to make which is i'm not advocating for chris christie we'll get to him in a minute by the way or jeb bush <laughs> or some liberal republican but what i'm saying is if you can get almost all the stuff and in this case better more reliable stuff which DeSantis has been as governor compared to what Trump was as president, and you have a much better chance to win and lift other down-ballot candidates in the process, why wouldn't you want that? Also, when you look at DeSantis' policies as compared to Jeb Bush, as compared to several other like crappy governors around the country, <clears throat> Holcomb, when you actually take a look at DeSantis' policies, they're not the establishment wishy-washy Republican stuff that Trump's painting him. And this is hurting Trump, because if Trump would have just said, look, I like Ron, Ron is a good guy, I said Ron should be governor, but he should just be a governor. I am presidential. That would be an effective primary message. But yes. instead, he's gone after Ron, and that is going to lose him a lot of votes. Not from his hardcore base, who would do whatever Trump said at, at a moment's notice, but it will hurt him and for example, the Christian block because Trump went after pro-lifers, uh, the libertarian block because Trump went after entitlement reform. It like Trump has made serious mistakes in the primary com wise. He thinks that he's just going to carry it through because he's Trump, but he's starting to 
punch right in a way that isn't effective. DeSantis was a very strong Trump ally for a long time and shared a lot of that same voter base. I just don't see Trump's current policies working out in the long term. All right. uh, Somebody I think we can agree, uh, regardless of who you're Trump, DeSantis, whoever you're for, is universally loathsome is Chris Christie. Can we agree on that? I just Chris Christie's is a clown. I love whenever he speaks because it just hurts my insides. He desperately wants to run for president again. And by the way, Chris Christie should be an interesting thing uh, subject for Ron DeSantis to study because a lot of people said, "Well, DeSantis should just wait." Well, sometimes you got to seize the moment, and Chris Christie is a great example of a guy who, in 2012, it could have been his. The nomination could have been it. Remember, he was Mr. Education Reform Governor. He was a tough talking guy. That's what we need on Obama. And he passed on running. And he, yes, he gave the, the keynote speech, but he, he passed on running. And by the time 2016 rolled around, there were six other guys in the field that were, you know, okay, the, but, the, the, the to, cause du jour. To be fair, the best part of Chris Christie was Rand Paul beating the living snot out of him in the Republican presidential debates. I, I want to go back and just play that on loop because Chris Christie is the libertarian wet dream of a target. Chris Christie's horrible. He is so anti-liberty as a Republican. And, and to watch him think that he can sweep in and go, yeah, I think the Second Amendment works some of the time. And it's like, shut up, New Jersey. No one's like, hey, once some good policy let's see what the armpit of the east coast is up to uh he was at some event i think this was in new hampshire and basically he makes the case for himself to be the only guy who can tank on trump and says you have to do to trump what he did to rubio which if you remember in the debates in 2016 he ended marco rubio's campaign basically just totally destroyed him says hey that's what you need to take out trump you better have somebody on that stage who can do to him what I did tomorrow. Because that's the only thing that's going to defeat Donald Trump. And that means you got to have the skill to do it. And that means you have to be fearless. Because he will come back. And right at you. And so you need to think about who's got the skill to do that. And who's got the guts to do it. Stupid. So and stupid. So if I run again, I can't imagine that I would continue to do it the same way. Because I think it's the best way to communicate. And this state has the people who actually be willing to show up and engage and ask the questions that need to be asked of everybody. Wrong. This is spoken just like someone in an establishment boardroom. Well, if we just follow the same numerical strategy before that I used against Marco Rubio, hey, ding dong, ding dong. Marco Rubio and Trump are different candidates. They ran totally different campaigns. They have totally different bases. Marco Rubio is a conservative Christian who dabbles in squish politics. Trump is a hardcore populist from New York. I'm just not seeing the, the idea here. How you beat Trump is ignore him. That's it. That's how you beat Trump. The the Chris Christie strategy is great for getting fat on a beach. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to try to get all these into the next segment. We've got not one, not two, but three editions of what in the world is Biden saying? He had himself a day yesterday. Yeah, Tony Kennett in for uh, Casey. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak. Somewhere in this town. Oh, our president is completely ridiculous. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett's in for Casey today. We got not one, not two, not not one, not two, but three. There you Let me go. Try that again. Yeah, math. Fool me once. <laughs> you try talking for three. I always love it when you make a mistake, people at home. You messed up on that break there. Yeah. Um, 
three clips of Biden, and they are all just, well, they're, uh, they're something special. So let's get right into them. Tony, let's start this segment with another wild and wacky edition of what in the world is Biden saying? Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Let me start by apologizing for the slight cold I have. That's the only thing that's happening to me these days. Uh, <laughs> One more time, Kev. Can we, so Tony can hear that again. I don't want him to, I want to make sure he, he knows he heard it properly. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Let me start by apologizing for the slight cold I have. That's the only thing that's happening to me these days. Uh, I'd like to apologize for the slight cold I have. That's the only thing happening to me these days. When old men usually say that, don't, aren't they usually talking about that like they're like out with a wife and they're sleeping on the couch, if you catch my drift? Because I've heard old men say something, that's the only thing, nothing happening for me down there these days. And then like it cuts to commercial and it's like, new Viagra can help you regain the happiness in your life. And it's like, sir, you're the president. Uh, okay, so you got no idea what that's about. I sure hope I have no idea Do you have what any is. idea what he was trying to say there? Anything uh, before we move on to the next clip? Uh, I thought he was just talking about other illnesses that he might have. <laughs> didn't his, didn't he say his nurse used to whisper into his ear at night? He had like a nurse and she whispered into my ear for that physical contact. Uh, okay, we got nothing out of that one. Uh, however, there is more. Here is, uh, this is one of my favorite things, where Biden will short out while reading the teleprompter. Oh, yeah. And just, you know he's reading the prompter, but he's either not processing it properly or... The gears are grinding inside will, there. He eh? will get hung up on one word and then can't recover because he couldn't do the one word. Again, Again, no idea what he's saying, even if he's reading it properly. Tony, help. I'll give it a whirl. Moreover, when we advance equality and racial justice and invest in young people, protect the LGBTQ plus uh, individuals, our societies are not only fairer, but they're stronger and more successful. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah, give me, give me, give me one, just a little bit I of that still, first I don't, part. I don't know yeah, what the, any the of that first, even means. Give me just means. the first like sentence, Kev. Moreover, when we advance equality and racial justice and invest in young people, protect the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, individuals. Okay, we're so, doing a lot of things there. We're racial justice, equality, no, young no, people. equality, <laughs> equality. So uh, uh, I mean, we, we've got that. You you've can't got, teach an old dog new words, you know. <laughs> you've got the the young people. You got the racial justice. You got the LGBTQ. It, I was, mean, it was nice of him to read out the Dollar General barcode there. <laughs> LGB two one five six seven. Jenny, I got your number. <laughs> it's like what? There's a lot of stuff going on there. Even when they give him the words, he can't. Do it. I mean, it, I don't understand at this point how how KJP gets up there and says with a straight face, the president knows what's going on. Set aside politics for a second. If she wasn't such a horrible person, I would feel bad for her because of the crap she has to clean up on a consistent basis. Uh, one final one, and this may be my favorite one. My uh, favorite of all is Lion Biden, where he will tell something that is just totally outlandish. Oh, is and this he, about the bullets? He will, no, this is not about the bullets. This is even better. So he was doing something with the Greek people yesterday, and the the wild and wacky story Biden that probably likely never happened popped out. And did you know, Tony, not only that Greek people love Biden, because, you know, the Greek people were what propelled Biden to the presidency. Um, they loved him so much that in Delaware, his nickname was Bidenopolis. Oh, take a listen. Yes. 
they're a big part of the reason my Greek American constituents in Delaware uh, sometimes refer to me as, as the man sitting behind you, Father, who helped me my very first campaign directly behind you, was I, the nickname I got early on when I won by 3,200 votes in the, for the Senate seat when I was 29 years old is because I started calling me Joe Bidenopolis because, <laughs> oh, you think I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not joking. Oh, no, 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 he's never joking. I'm not joking because of the overwhelming support from the Greek American community. Okay. Binopolis. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you can see how he would get all of that Greek support when he was growing up raised by Puerto Ricans in the black church, when he was getting the Irish Colombian French education while learning to speak Russian, when and when he wasn't going down to the Jewish deli to hear from the <laughs> Canadian lady, right? I mean, this man has been so diversely raised at this point. I, I think that you could build the next UN building on top of him. It's incredible. I, I just, and he gets away with it. And nobody ever calls him out on it. Nobody ever says. He's the first man to grow up on both sides of the track. He was the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tony Kennett in for Casey today. When we come back, Tony, you may be aware the property tax bills have hit. Oh, I, my bank account's sure aware. The people are less than thrilled. Um, it is, uh, you know, I hate to take victory laps on the show. Oh, One I know you do. One of my favorite things to do is when I have to come on here and say a year ago, I told you this was going to happen. I am very sad about this, though, because I, I am so upset that we have people who represent us in this state who spent the past year bad-mouthing me. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, they didn't actually do anything about the property taxes. They spent the last year griping about you on social media. For telling you that the property taxes were going to go up. And, uh, so in a way, this is all your fault. Well, and, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, as usual. Um, there's no Republicans we can interview on this because they're not doing anything to help. So we had to find a guy who years ago had really good ideas on it and still does have good ideas on it. And again, there are no Republicans we can talk to because they spent the past year bad-mouthing me rather than actually fixing the problem. So Donald Rainwater will join us. He'll tell us what we should be doing with the property taxes and what we can do, if anything, to try to fix the issue now. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Hey, guys, important question here. How would you feel if you lost out on $111,000 in retirement income? Probably not very good, right? Well, get this. 96% of Americans lose out on an average of $111,000 in Social Security income, and it's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. Hey, guys, it's Rob, and you can learn how you can avoid this potential mistake with a free Social Security analysis from Bill Demery, your retirement guy, right here in Indy. Casey and I, we trust Bill Demery so much, we are now clients of Bill Demery. And if you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis by calling 317-932-9912. Bill does all the heavy lifting for you, and he won't charge you a dime. Call 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. WIBC. It is the Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Tony Kennett in for Casey. Howdy. Tony, uh, you may be aware that the property tax bills are showing up. Yeah, it hurts. 
<laughs> even no a rich guy like it. you, it hurts even a rich guy like you. Oh, yeah, you. a rich guy. Well, my, my, my trolls certainly think so. Well, it, you know, this is totally pathetic what people are experiencing right now. There was absolutely no need for it. Uh, we talked about this a year ago when we were reading the assessed values on the air that this was going to happen. The Republicans did nothing, and a guy who talked about it long before even we were talking about it here was the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor, Donald Rainwater. He joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Rainwater, how's it feel to be right? Well, it hurts. See, it hurts see, that's, me. That's it hurts every Hoosier citizen that owns uh, their primary residence. And and to be honest with you, Rob, uh, it's it's such a simple simple thing to solve, and and they're just not putting any effort into it. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who is not political. They've been a uh, you know just a staple in the community in which I live, and they said, I do not understand why I get taxed every single year for something I'm not making any money off of and i said greed greed from the government is the only possible answer absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. and the reality is is that it's just another uh piece of evidence that our state government believes that uh, they own everything and that we're just renting it from them and that's what our uh semi-annual property tax is it's our uh fealty our our um semi-annual rental payment to be able to live here right that payment to the feudal lord and that's a really good point that i want to key in on because you know i don't think it's just greed i think it's entitlement i think that the government of the state of indiana believes that it is entitled to the very air that you breathe and the dirt that you walk upon and that whether it's making money or not whether you're using it or not whether indiana will benefit from claiming it or not it believes that it has the right to Cough it up, stranger. Make sure that you pay your lord and king. And I feel like that is really the attitude of the Indiana property tax system. Boy, you sure do sound libertarian, Tony. (laughs) I'm a conservative Um, with libertarian uh, sympathies, you know. I work well, on it. And, 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 well, I hope that, uh, you know, my hope is that uh, every Hoosier citizen who believes that uh, uh, the Declaration of Independence and, and the U.S. Constitution are, are still viable today and the Indiana Constitution uh, <clears throat> consider themselves libertarian. Because the reality is you're absolutely right. It's not just an, you know, if you look at the fact that we have about a a six billion dollar surplus in this state and i say we i shouldn't say we the government owns a six billion dollar surplus in this state right yet they still try to justify raising your property it wasn't enough of a surplus you Yes, and they'll tell you, yeah, and I hear people say this all the time to me when I talk about property taxes, oh, but that's how we pay for our schools. <laughs> and if you want to make that, if you want to make that connection, I say that's another reason why we need to lower property taxes because our government schools in this state are quickly going downhill and the best way to fix something that's broken is to stop funding it. Yeah, Rainwater, that, you are growing on me all the time. Yeah, see I've been pushing you, Rainwater, to Kennett for a long time. Donald Rainwater, our guest, he was a 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. We're talking about these new property tax bills that have shown up. Uh, so it's interesting, Don, you said this, and Tony and I talked about this with Jim 
merit earlier in the show. These schools who the legislature will tell you, well, we can't do anything substantive about property taxes because we don't want to hurt the local governments. You know, we don't want to harm the school system. Where I live, Brownsburg has so much money, they sent out a mailer earlier this week to get ahead of the property tax bills that said, yeah, you're about to get a gigantic property tax increase, but it's not our fault because we didn't raise our tax rate. They have so much money, they can send you a mailer telling you the tax increase is not their fault, and yet we're led to believe, well, if we do anything to help the people, well, it might harm the children. Well, you know, here again, you know, when a, when a local government... Uh, cries foul whenever somebody talks about reducing the property tax, you have to ask them, don't you get lit? Don't you get local income tax? And so if you if you don't need the local income tax because you have the property taxes, let's do away, let's abolish the state income tax and the local income taxes. The reality is, is what you and Tony are talking about is 100% spot on accurate. Our government is an entity, an organization uh, unto itself, and it's greedy and it's self-perpetuating. Uh, and 90% of what the government does is not supported by the state constitution or the, the federal constitution, and it needs to be privatized. It needs to be given back to the people. Donald Rainwater is our guest. When we do that, that will make a significant change in your property tax bills. Donald Rainwater, our guest. He was a 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. All right, Rainwater, people always say, well, what is Rainwater's answer to it? Well, you've given it 10,000 times, but let's make it 10,001 because I think we've got some new listeners today that are probably a lot more interested in property taxes than they were when the week began. What would a Rainwater, if you were the governor, you could wave the magic wand, what would you do with the property taxes? Well, first of all, in a perfect world, I'd abolish them. Yeah, we don't live in a perfect world, and we have to look for pragmatic or practical solutions. The first thing I would suggest, the first thing I would propose if I were governor, which I'm not, uh, is to make the uh, property tax on your primary residence 1% of the purchase price. Ah, perfect boot. So, so, yeah, so you can't you so the the scam now that the Republicans when they did the tax caps in two thousand eight is they knew the tax caps don't mean bull because anytime the assessed value goes up we raise the taxes. You're saying whatever let's have a real tax cap. Whatever you buy that house for, you're paying one percent on that. That's correct. I would eliminate the red herring that our Indiana GOP uh, supermajority, Indiana General Assembly uh, created when they created that so-called cap. And I would say it's 1% of the purchase price of your property, and that's it. Now, I would love to take that to the next level and say sales tax in the state of Indiana is currently 7%. So after you've paid 7%, whether you pay that all up front at closing or, or annually for seven years, then you're done. Yeah. Okay. Convert the property tax to a quote unquote version of the sales tax on your primary residence. If you live in your house for 30 years after you've paid the 7%, you're done. If I can buy a, uh, uh, if I can buy a, a, a lawn tractor and that lawn tractor only gets taxed at 7%, 
why should my car or my home be taxed every year? All right, right uh, Donald Rainwater, before we let you go, you're going to be back with us later. Uh, late, well, I guess it's still technically next month. You're going to be back with us in April. A lot of people have been waiting for this. You've got a big announcement for us coming up in April. Well, that's what I've heard. Uh, that's what you tell me. So, uh, yeah, uh, we will. We will definitely have um, have an announcement, and uh, I encourage people to keep an eye on my Rainwater for Indiana Facebook page, uh, Rainwater for Ian Twitter, and of course. Uh, rainwaterforindiana.com Well, uh, all I know is that I was told I'm going to be very happy with this announcement and so anything that involves you and when you tell me I'm going to be happy, I'm going to believe you and so you're going to make the announcement on this show is my understanding. Is that correct? That, that's 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 what you tell me. Yeah, oh, I hope I hope the news is conquering Southern Illinois, just liberating them. That that is what I pray uh, no, the, the news no. is. I, I think we should build a wall and make Illinois pay for it. <laughs> Donald Rainwater, the 2020 Libertarian nominee for governor. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Thank you. Appreciate you as well. You guys have a great rest of your day. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. Tony Kennett has found something that you desperately need to know about. Oh, yes. That's what we do here. We tell you the things you desperately need to know about. It is Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Tony Kennett in for Casey. So you were telling me that you were perusing the World Wide Web. That's and you right. have, I was you, surfing the interwebs. You have come across, not on TikTok, though. Oh, God, no. Uh, and you have come across something that I think, if indeed it does happen, is game over for this country because we all know where it's going. Yeah, so according to the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. government is considering asking black Americans on federal forms, including the census, whether their ancestors were enslaved. Now, why would you ask that question, Tony? Well, the only reason that you would ask an individual like that is if you, that a question like that is if you were preparing to compensate them for uh-huh. a historical margin in the same way that the country provides special qualifications for Native Americans as a member of the Cherokee tribe. I have my card and everything. I am entitled to certain privileges that a lot of other Americans are not entitled to. Uh, and uh, if you are in certain counties in California, if you are Chinese, you get certain entitlements that other Americans aren't entitled to, or Japanese uh, in other counties in California, which is really interesting. But now if you're a black American, which there's no actual definition for, by the way, like how, how black is black American right. and, and well, things like you, that. That's the question. Like, okay, let's say you're Obama, who had a white mother and a black father. Mm-hmm. His black father was not from this country. Correct. Correct. So you, the only parent you had who was from this country was a white person. Mm-hmm. Are do you qualify? Also, uh, it, it how how black do you have to be? It is an important question to ask because critical race theorists haven't been able to answer this one. I've been asking this for years. Is someone who is one half black considered black? Okay, what about one fourth? What about one eighth? One sixteenth? Before long, it's it's literally like the eugenicists in Nazi Germany calculating how Jewish you are to qualify for certain things. And this is this is something that Abdul has talked about for for years. And obviously, everybody who listens to this show knows Abdul is indeed black, and he has said much the same thing, which is who qualifies, who gets it, what do you have to prove? I mean, do you think about San Francisco right now that has this proposal to give whatever it is five million dollars? I mean, which is just completely, utterly, nonsensically laughable. Eight hundred billion dollars in expected expenses from this but california wasn't even a state that had 
slaves. No, it was founded as a free state. And also, by the way, the United States has more than compensated. We've literally founded a country in Africa as a reparations payment. The nation of Liberia, who by the way, is still very friendly to the United States. Again, we have done a large amount of things to account for historical crimes. By the way, I don't see the government reaching out to Irish Americans, Chinese, Native, Hispanic Americans to talk about their historical injustices. Where? What about the Preparations for Japanese Americans after World War II. What about Austrian Americans under American occupation in Europe? What about, and, and you can go on and on and on down the list. Let's talk about Native American ancestry for a second. If you're a Black Hills ancestor, are you going to have to pay reparations because you slaughtered Sioux tribes in order to take the Black Hills? How far back are we going here? It's much easier to say, kind of a crazy idea, human history is rife with suckitude. Humans suck. They rape, they pillage, they commit genocide because humans are naturally an evil people. History's rife with it. So you can either try to play the magical equity arithmetic game or you can move on and establish colorblind rights for all. But if you do that, then you can't continuously divide people. And that's the goal of this, right? That's the goal of the left is to keep people pitted against each other in separate corners so that the the government has to be the arbiter and government come in and do this for us. And when you tell children, when you tell children to their face that there are those out there who are seeking to commit genocide against them because of their color, because of their sexual identity, they will act out in violence. As we saw in Ohio, when a student was held down outside of the school and beaten half to death because he wouldn't pledge allegiance to Black Lives Matter. We saw this in Nashville when the trans transgender shooter shot up the Christian school and killed the children, including that pastor's daughter, left a note in her car. We haven't seen the full manifesto yet, but we do know that it says, if you go after our kids, comma, we're going after yours. These kinds of things happen when you start telling people that there's a nameless, faceless evil that is going to kill them or enslave them or whatever. Let's talk about that for a second, because obviously now this manifesto, it is real. It has been revealed and we were told, I read article. Oh, has it been released? No, 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 no. I mean, it's revealed that it's real. I mean, it it exists. No, no, no. But the FBI and somebody, uh, law enforcement, are pouring over this. I have no confidence we're going to actually see the thing as it's written in its, in its entirety. The Nashville Police Department does want to release it, which good on them. By the way, the, the Uvalde Police Department and the Nashville Police Department are two entirely different police departments. Now, it is good when cops do their jobs. Those That's the standard that every police department right. should be held to, by the way. And I, I do I think those cops were heroic? Yes. I also think those cops were doing what every cop should be expected to do. Seriously, I would expect any Indianapolis police officer to rush in just like that and and take down any kind of a nasty, horrible criminal like the, the shooter in Nashville. That said, the reason that a lot of LGBTQ groups have written in to the Nashville Police Department and to the FBI to hide the manifesto is because they're worried that when it comes out that the transgender shooter was acting in quote-unquote defense of trans groups to assault Christians, it has to be qualified as a hate crime legally under definition by the DOJ. And they don't want that. Uh, Tony Kennett in for Casey today. It's Kennel and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kev's here as always. Uh, I have a question for you, and I have asked this many times, and no one can ever provide me an actual answer. And I'm talking about government at all levels. I'm talking about local government. I'm talking about the state government. I'm talking about the federal government. And you are a learned, thinking person. Uh, thinking. I yeah, like you that. Like that? That's you like a good that? one. Yeah. You ever stop and ponder, where does all the money go? Have you ever just actually stopped and said, all of this money goes into the treasury? And so the treasury, the federal treasury, state treasury, local treasury. Do you ever just stop and go, what are we actually getting for our money? Where does it all go and what does it get spent on? 
Kind of. I, I've wondered that about the roads because in Indiana, the funding goes one of two ways. It either goes into the roads or it goes into education. It's like 99% of the state budget. So they both suck. Yeah, they do. Well, I know where the education stuff goes because I actually read all of where it right. goes and I that's my job. But as far as the roads go, I've always wondered this because the roads don't seem to be getting any better. In fact, more counties across the state are reverting to gravel roads than at any point in our state history. Yeah. So yeah, where is the money going? And to individuals like representative, or uh, excuse me, representatives like, or Senators like Jim Lucas. Representative. Representative. I had that right. Oh, right, no. Good. Thankfully, he's not ascended to senator yeah. yet. I thought I had that right. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So, so representatives like Jim Lucas, who made the case that, well, we don't want to hurt smaller governments. If the smaller governments are getting more money, why isn't more of that money going to the roads? I do wonder that quite often because the roads suck. I've popped like two or three tires on Indianapolis streets. They're horrible. And no matter how much money they take, the problem never gets never gets solved. And so I just I find myself randomly, and I'm not asking this for any specific reason, but I will find myself many, many times just sitting around going, what does it all get spent on? Because when you think about the colossal amount of cash that goes into various the bank accounts of various layers of government across this country. How could everything not be perfect? I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars every year pouring into these accounts. And yet there are so many problems. And you you were so good on this. When you said think about the two places the majority of the money in the state goes, education and roads, and they both suck. Yeah, they're not improving. And if the, you could just say, look, they're impro- look, the math scores are improving. The reading scores are improving. Therefore, we can say it's worth it. They're not. Math scores and reading scores are stagnant in the state of Indiana compared to other states. They're horrible. We have administrators that are making six figures. I saw one the other day. There was someone making like $216,000 as an administrator in a public oh, school in the state of Indiana. You should come to Brownsburg. It's incredible. And yet, when we roll around to the time of elections, it's never enough. Cough up more. You got to give us more, more, more money. And no, I have no idea where it's going. I know it's not going to anything that benefits me, the taxpayer. You mentioned the administrators in the local school districts and I think it's depressing for a lot of people because the deck is stacked against us getting good people, at least as it specifically relates to school boards and school administrations, because the Republicans in the state have stacked the deck against getting conservatives elected because they continue. And I do not understand why they continue to do this. They make the school board races the only elections in the entire state of Indiana that are nonpartisan elections. And so when you the leftists know who the lefties are. So when you couple the lefties with Susie Brown bakes brownies for the soccer team crowd and the people who buy the bull crap like well our school system is number one or our school system is number five that seems pretty good to me only half of our kids can't read (laughs) perfect and they have no idea what that means to be number one or number five or how many people actually fail they these lefties are almost unbeatable and it sucks that it's our side or supposed to be our side the republicans who are doing it to us? So I have a collection of old Indiana grammar books that used to uh, be put do. in a lot of it. Well, I mean, I got them from a, like a church, oh. uh, like yard sale kind of a thing. Someone just had a lot of old books and I was like, oh, those are cool. And I was looking through some of those and the standards that we used to hold for third, fourth and fifth grade students in the state of Indiana for reading and grammar is beyond what we currently hold for high school seniors. Seriously, like some of these problems and, and diagramming sentences that we used to ask kids to work out back when they were very locally funded. There was no state allocation of funding for like one room schoolhouses. Kids were doing so much better than they are today. There is no standard. We just shovel money into things so that we can hug the status quo. And it's the people that are supposed to be on our team, our side, the people who claim to be one of us, who are the ones 
doing it. And I don't know if what we've seen with education doesn't motivate people to do something else or vote somewhere else or not vote for these people. If what you're seeing in the mail with your property tax bill doesn't motivate you to vote for someone else or not vote for these people. I don't know what else they can do to you where you will say enough is enough. At the very least, if these people are running unopposed, I'm going to downvote them and leave it blank. So hopefully that will send a message to them. Hey, may those chains rest lightly upon your wrist as you bend down to lick the hand that feeds you. Yeah, it was a great show today. I love working with you, man. I really hope you challenge Mike Kreider for Indiana State Senate. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, oh, I, well, 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 we'll see. You did actually catch me off guard with that. A state Senate run someday? Maybe. We'll see. Every time Tony and I work together, I'm going to embarrass you and say that publicly. And I finally did. Yeah, you did. You caught me off guard. Kev, great job as always. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.